All right, off we go. Welcome to Breaking the Panel. We talk about all of the awesome things that happened in the week and some of the not-so-awesome sauce that happened. I'm Rock Out Podcasting, Charles McFall. Rocking on next to me here is Philip D. Keating. Oh, hey, Charles. It's good to be back. I'm having a great time. Happy Thanksgiving to all the... I fucking regret throwing to you already. All our parents who listen to our show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul Klotz. Hey. And Christoph Wisdom. I'm here. That's that's about right. See, now that's what I expect. Not engagement, Phil. I don't know what to do with engagement. I'll I'll bring it back about 110%. If you'd like to check out all the awesome shows on our network, gstu.net is where that happens, and you can become a part of that. You know what? The new year's coming up. New year, new you, new network. Why don't you come on, put your application in, and we will see if you fit with the family. Uh, you can join us there. Uh, hey, uh, is there a reason you're not doing the, the intro the normal way? That was the, we did the intro. Then we did the, we did the you just didn't get the, what what Chris? You didn't do the you didn't do the intro. What's the what? You, you, didn't do, you didn't do your whole thing. Like I didn't get the opportunity to interrupt Jack shit. Like, well, it's because you know, you're I'm, I'm just off. here tonight. I'm going to be off all night now. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> so uh, we've got some headlines here. God damn it, Chris. There was something I was going to say before we get into the headlines and shit. Probably wasn't important. Probably not. Uh, so let's get into some... some um, Real life issues with movies, right? This I've read the whole article, and we're going to talk about uh, Terminator and how Tim Miller is reflecting on it, and James Cameron talks about how there's great of fights and whatnot. Uh, but Chris, I read through this, and this becomes a thing of of it. It just sounds like you should have known what you were walking into, and you keep having this issue. But why don't you tell me why you brought this one up? Well, because you know, it, it kind of it kind of gives a little light to something that we've talked about quite a few times. Just the you know the uh, the classic creative differences um, issue that we see directors leave uh, DCEU movies like you know every five minutes. Um, we've had creative teams leave Marvel movies. We've had creative teams leave Star Wars movies. You know, all over creative differences. And I thought this was a good highlight to you know someone uh, who had great success with Dare- uh, with Deadpool. Um, he came away from Deadpool 2, or stepped away from Deadpool 2. Um, he was set to direct the most recent uh, Terminator movie. Ten- it didn't do well. Um, but he's talking about uh, issues behind the scenes with James Cameron and uh, David Ellison, uh, two of the producers on the movie. Um, and, you know, it kind of goes into, too, what we've talked about a few times with uh, the different studios and the way they they purport themselves to act as far as you know like uh warner brothers for the longest time was wanting to bring on those auteur directors and give them give them carte blanche with the property to do what they wanted even though they didn't in practice that's not really what they did right right Um, otherwise they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been forced to leave uh the joker is probably the closest thing they had to someone having you know the creative control that they they like to tout um and then you know it goes into uh you know we've talked about the past few weeks with um with Martin Scorsese and those guys, like the guys that are used to having not only full say in the movie, what happens in the movie, but final cut. And here's a director that by all, by all accounts, as far as Geekton's concerned, should have probably, I would say with Deadpool earned, earned a right to have a lot more control than he is. He is uh, saying, okay. Uh, Yes, but this is James Cameron. 
right? We know it's Cameron. We know this is Cameron's baby. It, it's it's. So why didn't Cameron direct it? <laughs> that, well, that exactly. that is my question too. Yeah, I mean, well, yes, because Cameron doesn't direct movies anymore. Why? Uh, oh, is it because he traumatizes all of his cast and crew? What? No, what? No, no. He's he's produced nothing but gold. Every movie, he, you know, he's he just doesn't direct anymore. He well, doesn't need to. Honestly, it's like going to making a TV show for HBO, and not wanting to put your know, flats of dicks in it. You just it's HBO. You got to. You can't not do that. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's HBO. You got to have some dong. Yeah. So, uh, so here's one of the statements I pulled from the article. Uh, talking about Tim Miller, the filmmaker has no plans to work with Cameron again because he wants to retain control over his own films. Has nothing to do with whatever trauma I have from the experience. Because there's a quote from uh, Cameron that said you know, they're scraping the bloods off the walls from those creative difference arguments and whatnot. But another thing that Miller says is I would fight for a line because it was important to me. But does the audience really care? Probably not. Well, if you make, and we've seen this happen many, many times. If you make a movie just for you, it some. I mean, it depends on who you are. I mean, sometimes sharing your vision. Kevin Smith, he made uh, Clerks for him, right? His vision, his thing, his way. It resonated. Sometimes it does. It bombs probably more than it resonates. And Cameron has arguably had success. I mean, if you're fighting for a line that matters to you, but you don't think the audience cares, Phil, why why would you fight for that line? Sorry, I was reading about this movie. That's fine. I, I just thought I shifted up. Chris, why, I mean, anybody, right? Why would you fight for a line that you feel like is important to you, but you realize the audience probably doesn't care? Well, uh, I don't know if he's saying... I think he's saying that he was, he was fighting for lines and stuff because he thought they were good. He thought they were important. And that ultimately, the, the casual fan, the average fan, you know, moviegoer probably isn't going to notice a difference. And he's he's true to an extent. I, I would think, uh, but then I think of stuff like, so uh, to pivot a little bit here, and I don't want to make this all about Star Wars, but I just watched uh, Attack of the Clones with Nicole. Okay. And, you know, the prequels are not well received, especially now, not now in the modern internet age. And I sat through that and I just watched it like last night or the night before. I can't remember. I think it was last night. Yeah. And honestly, my biggest issue is like, this movie would have been, so much better and more agreeable if not to change major story arc points, but just to change, to clean up the dialogue, you know, to make the dialogue sufferable, to make the dialogue punchy a little bit, you know, that is my biggest issue with the prequels is that the dialogue is just excruciatingly bad. And we know that George wrote it all himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't like, he wasn't letting people influence him. Well, that, so, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's why I find it strange because Cameron was fighting for lines. No, no, Miller. Miller, Miller, was. Miller was fighting for lines. Okay. Yeah, Miller had. I, I didn't clip it right before, but Miller had a line that James cut, and he wanted, and that was a quote. I'd fight for that line because it's important to me. But does the audience really care? I mean, it'd be like trying to direct a movie for George Lucas, a Star Wars film. You wouldn't. Well, I, I one of the most poignant articles I ever read was the possibly one of the greatest Star Wars games to ever die on the table was because they were building this world and this thing that he created and it came to the halfway point meeting and wanted to change everything and just take it to a Jar Jar Binks level type of thing yeah. and it just killed the project, you know. But that's the thing, 
you know who George Lucas is. Do you want to work for him? Cameron has been reportedly a very strong hand in everything he ever does. It's not going to be a Tim Miller film. If if Dark Fate had been successful, it was because it it would have been chalked up to Cameron, not Miller. We'll never know. That's true. We'll um, never know because I mean, I don't know. I don't know why Tim Miller was fighting for lines. He didn't write the screenplay. He didn't even write the story to this. So I'm just I'm I'm curious on why he was fighting for lines. But it it it's being a director, you can get your vision across, even if you didn't write the story or the yeah, the, the, sure. the, the, the the play. So we'll never know if this movie would be different if Cameron wasn't here, or or this could have been known as Tim Miller's Terminator if if. If Cameron wasn't right. here, we just will never know. But you're completely correct. I mean, you also have to realize that if you're bringing James Cameron back for the first time since two, yeah. what 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 are your expectations here with James Cameron? He yeah. wrote the story for this this movie. He's the producer of this movie. What did you expect was going to happen? Yeah, uh, another line I pulled is uh, Miller suggested that uh, Legion, which is the, the new version of Skynet, is so powerful, the only way to beat it is going back in time and strangling it in the crib. Well, they've done that in these other films. It did not work very fucking well, it's time, you know, going back to multiple timeline things. But he goes, uh, Jim says, what's dramatic about the humans losing? And, and Miller says, I say, well, what's dramatic about the humans winning and they just need to keep on winning? I like a last stand. It's not Jim's thing. He said his, but you know, we know who he means Cameron. And that thing, know who you're dealing with when you a go A last in. stand is not J- James Cameron's thing? That's what Miller said. Miller wanted a Has last stand. Has anyone seen Avatar? <laughs> the entire third act Avatar of that movie wins. Is, a, is a giant. No, no, no. No, no, no. So, no, no. You're misunderstanding. No, but yeah, like. he he uh, Cameron wanted to keep the humans winning. Miller wanted to make this the humans are losing last stand situation where they're being overwhelmed by the super robots, not ma- massive battle because James Cameron's baby and avatar was the avatarians. I don't remember what the fuck they're called. Yeah, I don't know, man, because like then I think of like aliens, the Navi, and, yeah, the Navi. Uh, I think of aliens and they get their asses kicked. The only person who prevails is Ripley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, that seems really uncharacteristic to say about Cameron. I, I don't know. But to, to get to the real crux of the issue, it seems like there's a lot of these people in Hollywood right now who are trying to hire out to contract out the films that they want to see made, but they just want to produce them. Right. Arguably, not put the work the, in. Yeah, arguably that's what's going on with Star Wars, right? Uh, a lot of people are upset with Kathleen Kennedy because a few years back, the the approach when we were talking like Rogue One, Force Awakens era, like when those were in pre-production and stuff, it was we're going to bring in these unique and visionary filmmakers. We're going to let them play around in the world. But we know that's not what's been happening. Gareth Edwards walked off of Rogue One after principal photography because he was tired of the meddling uh lord and miller did not work out with solo because kathleen came in with her team and they did not like what they saw um it's 
say, and I, I don't, again, I don't want to make this just about Star Wars. It's just Star Wars is such ho- such high profile <laughs> versions of this. Mm-hmm. This sounds like the same situation. James Cameron wants full creative control and final cut on a film, but he doesn't want to make it. Well, then just fucking make it, James. Like, yeah. make the film. If you care so much about what happens to this property, this property that is arguably your baby, then own it and and make the film. But you, yeah, nope. I don't. Nope, nope. Because then it's his reputation on the line if this movie yeah. sucks. And I think he knew he knew that this was going to fail. And, well, but also he knew that coming into it, it's an impossible task because this franchise has so many bruises all over it already. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. let's just say this movie is not bad. It just financially bombed. Yeah. yeah. It's, also not, it. it's also it, not going to, like, rock your world because, you know, I've seen it. It was fun, especially as a fan of the franchise, but it's not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Sorry, there was, I can't remember which one. There was a Terminator that I actually did not care for. I thought it went sideways hard. I wish I could remember which one it was, but I can't right now. Was but, it the one with... With uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones? No, I think Terminator it was I think Salvation. It was, I think it might have been Salvation. With Christian uh, Bale, I think so, and I love Christian Bale. Bale but I think because they had a really muscular T whatever number come back that time, right? He was uh, I don't remember. I vaguely remember it. There's, I think it's Salvation, and I was like, man, I really wanted to like it because I like Bale. Um, but yeah, but I'm still oh, yes. going to see this. I'm still looking forward to it. I think it's going to make some money back on streaming and renting and. Salvation that was the one be. that the uh, the Terminator that came back is the lead from Avatar. The, the, the yeah, guy. that's it. Yep. Yeah, that's the one whose career went poof after Avatar. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he did a he's done some TV and stuff that's great, but like I don't know what happened to that guy's career because Sam Worthington. Apart. Yeah, Sam Worthington. He got arrested. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. But he'll be back. You'll see whenever Avatar 2, 3, and 47 comes out. <laughs> well, he, he played uh, the investigator Fitzgerald on the Mindhunter, or not Mindhunter, um, Unabom, the Unabomber uh, television special. And he was fantastic on that. But I was like, where have you been? Because, you know, anyways, it, I, I digest. Working up a digress. sequel to Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> digress. <laughs> So, Chris, why do you care about this story? Well, <clears throat> or this movie? Be- because it's 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 kind of shining a little bit of a light. So, what you guys have all said uh, is is not wrong, but I, I don't understand why we we can make that allowance with you know who you're you know who you're dealing with when you're talking about James Cameron, but to think that uh, a property like Star Wars wouldn't garner protection to the same level, whether you know Kathleen Kennedy on a uh, is whether or not Kathleen Kennedy has a history prior to uh, Lord Miller coming in of, you know, being overly controlling. It's, it's the thing that I've always said. It's there's, there's money behind this. There's producers behind this. And at the end of the day, unless you're a small budget film or self-finance or a Kevin Smith flick, you are not going to have final cut in most, in most cases, you know, it's, it's easy. I get, I like, I feel like right here we're, we're shitting on, on Miller for not understanding what he was getting himself into. We also have to have no idea what he was promised or what he was told. Well, there's that. Yeah. That's, that's you know, true. like we, 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 like he may have signed on the line knowing that, that uh, he wasn't going to have final cut, but he may have also been told we're not going to be in your fucking business, you know, day in yeah. and day out. And I, the first time yeah. that he has to start, you know, fighting for a line, but you know, it, it goes to Deadpool too. Like, 
where I got I got a little miffed was his his you know kind of a backhand at, uh, at yeah. Ryan saying Ryan you know made it very clear that he wanted to be in charge of the franchise and I'm like that's because the dude saved the fucking franchise yeah yeah like, he that's... was the I mean mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of a, a shitty thing on on his end to do but at the same time like I see discussions that we've had in the past and things that have happened um, on other movies and other franchises and other studios and this is just a, this is just another look at a look at it from through a different lens you know yeah so i'm gonna call it i'm gonna say that they're both assholes because miller has said some shit in the past like when he was working on deadpool and his fallout with ryan reynolds and because mm-hmm. he wanted to do deadpool too and that didn't work out um he's also said some other dumb shit here and there that i've seen in the past but james cameron's a monster like <laughs> He, I mean, I talked about the this on the show like a year ago, I think, or maybe even more. If you go watch like some of the stuff that's available on YouTube about uh, the production of The Abyss, he pushed the, his his cast and his crew to the limit. Like he he broke the actress, I forget her name, that was in that film, and she stopped acting because of him. Like James Cameron is not an easy man to work for. And uh, it's I don't know. It's not all on Miller, but it's like right. No, yeah. I don't but know. Yeah, this is at least the second time in 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 recent history that he went to control, didn't get it, and and just gonna walk away. I did cut that quote there, Chris, about Ryan Reynolds. The rest of the quote is, "You can work that way as a director." Ryan wants to be in control of the franchise, and I agree with you. He saved it. He's the heart of it. I mean, he is Deadpool for as long as we're gonna have him. You know, just like, uh, uh, well, no, don't worry about it. But yeah, but he wants to be in control of the franchise. Well, you can work that way as director quite successfully, but I can't, is the rest of that quote. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, it's, it's, that's fine. Know, your, know who you are and your limitations and your strengths and don't sign up for, because I think I, I didn't hate that he walked away from Deadpool. When I heard that, I was like, well, good, because I know Ryan Reynolds is the heart of this movie. And I didn't agree with every choice Ryan made in that movie, but we know Ryan will put the work in. He'll direct it if he needs to. You know, he'll do the work on it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I personally liked when Kathleen Kennedy did step in. Now, did it suddenly become a great film? No. But we had already heard from Donald Glover that there were some issues with Lord and Stevens, Manor, whatever the fuck their name is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I literally can't remember their fucking names. Uh, but, it's, so it's not all one fault, right? It's not, well, Cameron's a saint, but Honestly, me, if not that I'm a director, but let's say I'm an up-and-coming film director and, and I get tapped to shoot this, I know that's either going to be, yes, Mr. Cameron, where do you want me to point the camera, and with a little input, or I know not to sign up for it. Right. And if you're, if you're, a, if you're starting out as a director, that's, that's, that's one thing. And, maybe, and not even that, because maybe that's just the – you don't mind being that cog in the wheel. But right. I don't think that there's a lot of people out there that grew up when they decided they wanted to direct movies that thought, Oh yeah, I just want to be a cog in a wheel. True. You know, they're, they're creative types. They, they want, well, you know, they want to create a movie in their vision or as much as they can. Once you have, I mean, if you don't know that there are writers and producers involved in a movie, right. Those right, guys, right. You know, the, the guys who want to be cogs are DPs. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay. You know, like yeah. there's, there's a role in the hierarchy of a mm-hmm. film for people who just want to show up and do the job. Well, this is you know, this, but with Cameron, man, from what I, well, the stuff I've read, what I understand, you're, you're, you, no matter what your title is, you're the cog in this. He wants creative control. His money's behind it. He's going to get it. 
there's also the whole angle of like you don't start working on a film like this until the contract's signed, right? Right. You got to know in the contract whether you have final cut, whether yeah. you have full. Creative and he said control. he didn't have final cuts on it. Yeah. But right. he, so he, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, he and, he and he accepted that, so that's why I'm assuming that on the front end, you know, that you don't have final cut when you sign a contract. But maybe they sell it. You know, James isn't going to be down there checking your dailies and telling you the direction of the story. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, I don't think you get final cut. Like, let's 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 be honest. This is the second movie he's ever directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did great. He did all right with Deadpool. I wasn't on set. I don't know how much was him versus how much was Ryan and the actual writers. But I don't think that you've earned second your final cut. <clears throat> on the second movie you've ever directed in your life. No, I, I don't don't I don't disagree. Like I'm not saying he should have gotten final cut. I'm saying that he realized from the from jump that he No, I know. And I'm I'm just questioning why I don't know why he was handed this franchise because he's only directed one movie. And his his after two movies, his his label is he doesn't plan to work with Cameron again because he wants to retain control of his own films. This is not his own film. This is Cameron's film, one. But two, you I haven't looked it up. I'm taking you at your word, Phil, that he's only directed two movies now. You haven't earned the right to control your own film yet. You're, mm. Go ahead, Chris. Go, don't hold back, man. Come on. Uh, so at me, bro. Do, do, depend on what, what film my are DM. we talking Come on. Are we talking about your own franchise film? Then yeah, I'll agree with you. Your own big budget studio film? Yeah, I'll agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin yeah. Smith. Uh, oh, yeah, no, go make your, I mean, yeah. you tell me they don't deserve final No, 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 you can that's go make no. your... You no, can no, make that's your what I'm saying. Like, no, 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 fuck, no, they don't know. That's what Charles just fuck, said, right? Fuck, fuck that dumb motherfucker. You just get <laughs> no Monsters <laughs> Ball 2 for you, Tim Miller. <laughs> fuck you. Um, well, yeah, and that's the thing about a franchise. Like, yeah. I, I don't... You know, it kind of speaks to... I don't agree with the approach of these studios. Like, I don't... Stop looking for the untested, like stop trying to find a director on the cheap. Okay, Let, let's let's just be honest. Like an auteur filmmaker, an up and coming. You're looking for somebody who's cheap. Stop looking for somebody who's cheap. Throw a couple extra million on that budget and get somebody who's going to do what you want and do it well. Because that's what you end up doing anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watching some of the behind the scenes with for uh, Rogue One because uh, I just watched that again recently. You know, Gareth Edwards walks off the movie and they bring in this this guy that I've never even heard of. And he's like, yeah, we did reshoots. I could totally tell that this guy was like, tell me what to do, boss. And he went in and he nailed it. And that's it. And we got the movie that we got. And you, you like it or you don't like it. But the point is, he finished the job and it came out. So just find people who are willing to do that. Stop trying to find somebody who's got a creative vision if you're not interested in their creative vision. Yeah. And don't not. try to and don't try to sell your studio that way. Don't yeah, try to sell, certainly yeah, don't try to sell yeah. your studio that way. Yeah, I do appreciate on the Marvel side that we get all these different great creators doing their thing. You know, uh, Taika. And Marvel and works because you you have Kevin Feige who is not, at least as far as I can tell, he's not shutting these people down. Mm-hmm. He's, he's building them up like he's he's working to their strengths and, and building a, co- a cohesive story among all these films collectively and then letting them do things in their style. I guarantee you that Thor Ragnarok is probably a little more schlep sticky than Kevin Feige originally envisioned mm-hmm. is, is my guess. Much like I think Guardians is probably a little James Gunny 
you know, like James Gunn brought yeah. him because especially because he wrote it, he brought himself into it. And but it works because it, he's willing to it's basically he's performing surgery. He's willing to connect all the valves on the heart replacement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I made the heart, but I'm going to connect it up right because you've given me, you know, the instructions to do so. I, they need to find people like that, uh, which makes me say that these franchises need to turn to MCU directors who have been successful and be like, hey, <laughs> come, come over here. Come make this. Uh, I don't know. It's I, it sucks to be. Miller, Miller. Yeah. it does, but yeah. he's actually he he digged his own grave. You know, you directed two projects. You've had issues on production on both projects. Yeah, I, I I don't know. He might be going back to doing title sequences and opening scenes rather than directing <laughs> uh, uh, movies anymore. Wasn't he a stunt coordinator? He before? was for uh, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, I everything comes back to that movie. Yep. Everything. Yeah, everything. Um, everything. Is that but, maybe the next thing, Six Degrees of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, and then and the next, uh, I've already heard the next Terminator film. Uh, Philip Keating is throwing his hat in the ring to direct, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I mean, it can't get any worse, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I've never seen a single Terminator movie. Oh, so you'd be I'm, perfect. You I'm the perfect, perfect person to be, you know, molded into the clay golem that I am by uh, James Cameron. And, but but your signature mark would be. Somewhere in the uh, movie, you'd be putting in Mario Easter eggs. Uh, I was just going to yeah. say, we'll see a T-1000 finally come his pants. Yeah. But yeah, sure, let's just go <laughs> Mario. Fair. Well, I was thinking, you know, there'd be a chase scene and the director's cut would have the... Oh, no. we're, we're going full-blown <laughs> cock shot cum scenes oh, Lord. in the new Terminator. Oh, movie. you know what is as horrible? Come with me if you want to squint. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is as horrible as Philip's brain? MST3K, that's Mystery Science Theater 3000, for those of you who don't know, is getting cut again. Yeah, sad news uh, from. Uh, is it though? From, from cast member Jonah. Well, it is for it people. Is. For him. Like it. Yeah. No, for I people. Think I think I would be controversial to think. I think this is successful in nostalgia and how you remember it, not necessarily in what they actually do now. Well, I mean, I think that plays into it. Well, okay, so let, let's talk. Let's unpack that for a minute. Uh, MST3K came back on Netflix for two seasons. Uh, they crowdfunded it initially, and uh, but they came back, you know, rip roaring. I mean, they had Patton Oswalt, mm-hmm. they had Felicia Day, both who helped fund it. Yeah, I mean, like, the, but they brought you know big names to it, or at yeah. least big names in the geek space. In the geek space, yeah. Uh, Jonah Ray, you know, an up and coming name. It, because you know formerly of the nerdist formerly in chris hardwick's circle of you know podcasters and creators and stuff Jonah uh, so, Ray of bing fame <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah like you know it came back it did its two seasons and i think the hardcore fans ate it up but like it made no ripples for anybody else right yeah uh, i i definitely remember it fondly uh, when it was on broadcast TV, so I was looking forward to this. I jumped in. I think I got maybe twenty minutes in. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I just Ow. I don't have time. Phil, you love this thing. Well, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> I can say that I was very excited for it to get kickstarted. I was very excited to see all the things on pre-production with everybody that I love working on it. I even loved watching the first episode when it came back and I was really into it. And I said, you know what? This is great. I'm going to watch one of these once a week. It's going to be my Sunday 
cool down kind of thing. And then that's where that ended. And I never went back to it. Yeah. yeah. I did the same thing. I watched the first one and I enjoyed it. I really did, but it didn't keep me coming back like other Netflix properties constantly do. Right. The thing that is wonderful about some Netflix shows, it's, Hey, are you still watching? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Of course, I'll tell you when I've had enough. <laughs> and with with MSTK uh, MST3K, I I I never had an urge to go back to back episodes. And I don't know if that's because they're just too long because it's an well, hour and yeah, a half they're... to two hour movies yeah. plus your comedy bits in there. Um, but I just never went back for a second episode. And I'm not surprised that that they got canceled because Netflix will never not cancel something if it's not working out. Mm-hmm. They're pretty prominent. I'm saying, are you making us money? No. All right. Well, finish up your storyline because you're not getting another shot to to tell yeah. it here. But the beauty is, you get to finish up your storyline, and that's yeah. I, I think that's the thing is like with a lot of the shows that get canceled by Netflix. I, I'm. I can't say this because I'm not in the room where it happens. But I think that the executives at least talk to the showrunners, the writers, and the directors, saying, "This isn't working out. Wrap it up so that you can tell your storyline because you're done." Unless you're the Marvel properties. <laughs> that was yeah. Well, that was that, Netflix. That was, that was more. That, more Netflix Disney. was the Tim Miller in that situation, Chris. <laughs> Come on, you know that. I, I don't know. That's not. That's not the way some people portray it. Well, yeah, they're not in yeah. the rooms where it happens. We're not, yeah. Oh! <clears throat> that that should be a new... They'll never let us do it, but that'd be our new podcast, The Room Where It Happens, and we just record the shit. We just talk about Hamilton right. the whole time? Yes. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for that Hamilton podcast. Let's do it. Uh, so Let's go. I mean, Chris, did you even do you even have any memories of this? Or have you always just been, I don't watch TV. I'm in the military, motherfucker. No, I mean, I, I watched... About- yeah, no, I, I watched it back when it was on uh, cable television, but I didn't, I watched, it's the same thing, I, I didn't make it through the first episode because I had other distractions going on. I enjoyed my time with the first one. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. It definitely, uh, there was a nostalgia factor that it didn't hit me with because you're talking an entirely new cast. <clears throat> um, and even, you know, Phil, I think to some of it, for it not not bringing me back i think a lot of it had to do with the way it was presented now because they tried to say with that same that same formula yes. that worked better that when there were when there were commercial breaks yeah you know because there was that that was your lead into a commercial and your your come back from commercial um and then you know you were up late at night because you were doing you were staying up drugs, late school, you, drugs <laughs> i mean it's to me it's the same kind of yeah. feel as uh saturday night live like i don't i'll i will catch a previous week if I miss it on, uh, if I miss it live, I'll catch it on Hulu. But I don't know that I could watch back to back episodes of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And that's where I, I see I cherry pick Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I'm like, oh, who's the guest? Who's the music? Eh. Or yeah, you know, I think the last full episode I watched was when Adam Sandler came back and hosted. You know, well, you know. So I, I'm pretty though. frequent in the uh, Saturday Night Live subreddit, and recently. People were being like, you know, the the perfect age demo for SNL is 15. And if you think on that, you go back to when you were a teenager or maybe a little bit older than that. That's accurate, yeah. Basically, high school, junior high through college age, 
SNL some of the funniest shit you've ever seen because it's so out there and absurd or whatever, and they're just doing it. And as you grow up, you start going, this is increasingly you're like, this is dumb. And it's because it's a simple formula for the most part. Like they only have about five minutes to grab you. In the case of MST3K, I think that a lot of it's lifestyle. When I was growing up, we would watch it on Sundays. Like this would be the hangover chill on the couch with my with my homeboys and we would recover on sunday and watch mst3k if you passed out you didn't care because you didn't miss anything you're missing people just riffing <laughs> on old movies i also think that like so it's it's nobody wants to sit down for an hour and a half necessarily and commit to this per se you have to be a pretty big fan of it um sometimes the jokes hit sometimes they don't so like sometimes i laugh for two minutes and miss all the other jokes because they're so funny. Sometimes I don't laugh for 20 minutes at a time. Uh, the other thing is th- they have tremendous competition right now. Uh, Riff Tracks is killing it and is out there on other platforms that don't require a subscription. And who does Riff Tracks? Former cast members of MST3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The originals. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The, to be they're fair. not the two writers in the main host? So who, who's original? It's... Hodgson is doing this. He's arguably the original original. Okay. But yeah, depending on what your era of MST3K is. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know that. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. If, you, if, if you're talking the early public access Minnesota stuff, Joel Hodgson is where it all starts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like if you're talking about like at its, the height of its popularity on, I think it was on sci-fi for a long time. Mm-hmm then you're talking the guys who are on riff tracks. So it's, uh, it's kind of all over the place and it's just tough and it didn't hit and it's Netflix's choice. You know, they Netflix is tightening their belt right now. That's the other thing. I mean, with the Disney plus thing, uh, they, they got done dirty in some ways and they need to be competitive. They need to figure this out. So they're going to, I think we're going to see a lot of stuff start getting chopped here going forward. Like stuff that is just not, you know, not performing, not not bringing the eyes that they need. Um, you're going to see stuff like Stranger Things be more all in, like they they're really going to rely on that, and you're going to see some of the softer stuff fall to the wayside. It yeah, doesn't so, mean that these two seasons were bad. It just means that they weren't as compelling as they could have been. Sorry, I, go ahead. I think with Stranger Things, we're going to see to compete. We're going to see a baby Demogorgon in the next season <laughs> oh, floating boy. around with them. That's how they're going to keep the eyes on that screen. Because I read a headline clickbait as it was i didn't read the article that uh the mandalorian which we'll talk about in the second half the mandalorian is in more demand than stranger things right now mm-hmm. i don't know that's the headline i didn't bring it to the table that's my fault so here is something on the table now this is interesting lego for the most part as far as i know has a good reputation good memories everybody wants their kids doing it it seems to be a positive thing I love when my kids watch the movies. Their games on the PlayStation, Xbox, PC, phenomenal, right? My kids are playing Lego City today, and I told them it's worth all the money to see the two youngest ones playing together nicely and doing something. However, they just bought BrickLink, which I'm learning from reading through this article. BrickLink was where all the adults were to trade and sell. There's an independent market, if you will, to connect with other fans and to... uh, to get what you needed to do, build design, share them, and you make buy it stuff. sound like a drug deal. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know. It's like relatively. I don't know what it is. Uh, but no, I mean, I understand it's a flea market. Well, I mean, I buy my drugs at the flea market. I don't know about you fuckers, but uh, but now Lego 
bought it, and so the world's largest secondary market is now owned by the maker of the product? Yeah, so, okay, for for A-Falls, adult fans of LEGO, BrickLink is largely considered to be the best source for affordable parts and mass. So, like, if you're, for example, you're a Star Wars LEGO fan, right, and you're going to build the Battle of Scarif or like a Tatooine scene or whatever, you're going to go on BrickLink and you're going to look up all those tan blocks you need. You're going to look up all the rock pieces that you need and you're going to order them from people who have listed dozens of them and you're going to order them in mass. And you're going to, sometimes depending on how big your project is, you're going to have to order from a lot of different places because you're just going to need like all of it. And so BrickLink is, it's to describe it like eBay isn't really, accurate it's basically like you look up parts by each individual part and you see the full listing of them and everything or you can look at stores and see what they have available but basically it it was the main resale market for lego because other platforms like ebay just don't they don't facilitate well for ordering a whole bunch of like this one little part or whatever like it's really impossible to sell stuff on ebay if you want to sell a thousand of something that costs five cents eBay is just not set up to accommodate that, you know, between m- mandatory minimum fees sure. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so BrickLink has been the thing. And like, it's as somebody who's gotten back into adult collecting of Lego recently, everybody, like when they come back from their dark ages, you know, the period where they're not into Lego, they start looking to do their, their mocks, their, my own creations, and they go to BrickLink. So there are, on BrickLink, there's everything ranging from like people like us who, you know, maybe maybe I buy a bunch of sets or whatever, and I have a bunch of extra parts after I'm done using them. However, or I want to get rid of old sets and buy some new stuff, and so maybe I'll just resell some of my old sets or some of my old parts and stuff. So it's like your casual. This isn't my business, but I, I'm getting I'm unloading some stuff I don't need anymore. Maybe like a line got canceled and you're like, well, I don't want any of this anymore. I want to focus on something else. I'm going more of the parent route. I'm thinking every time I fucking step on one of these motherfuckers, <laughs> I'm putting it on brick link, bitches. You better clean yeah. your shit up. Uh, or you have people who have businesses dedicated to this where they are acquiring, like they're either buying in bulk and then selling the used stuff or they're breaking up sets. You know, they're buying sets in bulk and then they're piecing them out parting and selling out. them. Yeah, parting them out. It's a huge thing. And it's it's a vitally important part of the, the community for people looking to build the stuff that you see on YouTube videos and you see pictures on social media that blow your mind. All those big Star Wars battles, those giant starships you might see, or uh, the community that does like military reenactment and stuff with it. Uh, like there's this huge community that do, does like D-Day dioramas and stuff like it's Mm. incredible stuff and it's all through the site for the most part like the vast majority of it so now the question is lego the parent company of the product is buying the secondary market they now control both the primary market and the secondary market and the community's a buzz about what what shall happen Mm -hmm. so So what's your what's your guys hot takes on this uh just hearing this right off the bat Nope. 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 Oh, rips Bricklink. The Bricklink that you know and love, just like Blizzard, will be gone. (laughs) 
and destroyed by its parent company. This isn't good. Um, as somebody who does not collect Legos as an adult, it doesn't feel great to me to have the corporation buy the secondary market. And I know I read this whole article. I even read the interview at the back end of it. Right. And they keep they keep insisting that nothing is going to change. Do they, though? Because I pulled yet. a link. I, pulled yeah, a link I, I wasn't done. Okay, I'm sorry. Nothing is going to change yet. Yeah. And they're here just to strengthen the community and the bond between Lego and the adult fans of Lego. Yeah, there was a lot of over-assurance of, we just want to get with the AFOL fans. Ah, or yeah, 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 no. That's very Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very, hey, buddy, no, here, eat this real quick. We just want you to be healthy and eat this real quick. Are you, oh, okay, you ate it? Great. Great. That's going to be $50,000 for the antidote for the poison you just ingested. Yeah, I feel like for me, if if they wanted to to signal without signaling that it was going to be okay, the, the news would not have been that they necessarily just sold and that the, the amount wasn't disclosed, but the the creator owner of Brick, Bricklink, they were keeping him on as mm. as to, to manage the site like there were there was there was an employment opportunity for him there that hasn't been said that to me would have signaled that perhaps at least in the short term they were going to be true to their word yeah but i mean it's yeah I, it's just weird and i we've talked about this before that i've never where nintendo specifically comes into play that i never understand why it takes them so long to reduce price on games when they're not getting any anything out of the secondary market, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't understand why they wouldn't try to compete with the secondary market. And now we're going to go, like, how soon before Nintendo goes and buys? GameStop. Decky yeah. deals. Yeah. Because that, that would be the functional equivalent is, like, hmm. one of these major, produ- you know, producers of a product buying one of the chains, the chief chains that yeah. you could buy their, their product from. Uh, I mean... So, like, in video games, Valve Valve was a game developer that created a platform that they have downgraded on being a developer. They, they are developing a few things, but they're not – it's not their main focus as a company anymore, at least not their main revenue driver. Uh, but if they were pumping out AAA titles every year like a number of other studios were, that would be arguably a conflict of interest, right? Right. Because they are the major platform for all of their competition. And I, I, I didn't really put this together until just now thinking about it, but like maybe that's why they've backed off on stuff like Half-Life 3 and a number of other things. Anyways, point is they're still producing stuff, but they're producing weird stuff and like niche stuff. They're not, they're not focused on competing with COD and all this other stuff. In this case, um, it's like people use BrickLink, like adult fans use bricklink to make this reasonable because if you try to acquire the collection to to build what you want to build what all your dreams can dream up as an adult fan you cannot go out and just buy sets to get there like it it is not economically feasible you know what i mean like it's especially because like the the price per piece now is so high and like there's so many gimmicks and stuff in modern star or not star wars modern lego modern lego period it's just like if you need a hundred and fifty 
or several hundred uh, two by four bricks, your, your basic building brick, like I'm building a structure. If you need hundreds of those, you're not going to get them out of normal sets. And so people relied on this whole thing. And it's just kind of crazy. Um, Paul, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Um, do you use BrickLink? I have used BrickLink once. Uh, I considered selling on BrickLink, but ultimately didn't do it. But I have purchased on BrickLink once. But a lot of the content creators that I watch and like follow stuff from, they rely on it. Do you know if you are able as a as a AFOL to put up your own blueprints on how you created? Like you were saying, people people do these wonderful D Day um, mm-hmm. builds. Do they have the opportunity to then? say okay well this is how i did it here's my blueprints and post it there's a a section where the mocks are available on there that's okay so one of the things that is immediately almost immediately going to change that was pointed out in that interview was uh the the interviewer goes okay so nothing's going to change right well what about brick arms brick arms is a not official lego supplementary product that makes the stuff that lego doesn't want to make which is modern military equipment for lego in lego scale so like guns and tanks and all that and maybe not tanks specifically but weapons of war helmets and uniforms of war like stuff from minifigures and stuff uh they're like uh and, and this woman that's being interviewed this executive is like uh yeah uh yeah that's not really in line with our brand and the promise we've made to not produce things that glorify war you know except for star wars and Overwatch and Ninjago. And, <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> that's my little addendum. Uh, yeah, but she's like, yeah, that is probably going to change. So that's a section of the market that's going to get shut down immediately, like all of this supplementary stuff. Now, granted, it's it's quote-unquote knockoff material, but it's also it's not really a knockoff because it's doing something that is not done by LEGO. Like, LEGO has a firm policy that they will not make war replica stuff like actual war stuff they'll make sci-fi war and all that kind of stuff but they won't do you know soldiers and all that that business anymore or ever again or going forward or any of that stuff so that's going to go away pretty much immediately and somebody pointed out there's a whole section of military mocks that are loaded up on bricklink that are probably going to disappear 1700 plus entries of people's designs Mm. Every one of those mocks are going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Not not just military. They all will disappear. Oh, I think it'll go a different way. I think it's going to become new terms of service where you upload it, Lego owns it, so they oh, can start selling that shit if oh, they like it. That's, that's even worse. That's exactly no, where my brain went no, on that. No. You're not wrong. If I was <laughs> Honestly, if I was running the corporation and this is the move I was making, I mean, I think it's dirty and I wouldn't do it, but let's take that to be aside. It's where do we get new ideas? Oh, a thousand, ten thousand people have downloaded that mock. Let's sell that one. Oh, terms yeah. of service means you put it on our site. We own it. We ain't got to pay you jack. Yeah, if they potentially move the monetize it. Uh, I do have a little blurb. I reached out to Frank Allen of Toy Power. Okay, because I know I know this is in their wheelhouse. Uh, we I we only had like I had like an hour and a half before the show, and I was like, Frank. What do you think about this thing? And he's like, I didn't know about that. And then he posted on the Toy Power page about mm-hmm. it. But uh, he reached out to one of his uh, his big Lego fans, and he got a blurb back from me immediately. I'm going to read this verbatim real quick. Uh, they're doing it for that sweet, sweet secondary market data analytics, and it's a major win for them. 
Putting out third-party resellers is just icing on the cake. I feel it's a conflict of interest personally and will likely only result in a BrickLink alternative eventually. Most likely, it'll be business as usual for a few years. Few back-end changes. Natural attrition from current staff will occur. Then they'll slowly erode policies to fit their marketing outcomes. So I do think that uh, I, I kind of like that analysis. I think the marketing data is going to be really important to them. So they have a program called the Ideas Program where people can design sets and submit them. But it's kind of legendary for being like this just like dead zone of like people submit really amazing things. And then for whatever reason, arbit seemingly arbitrary to the outside observer reasons, Legos just immediately like, no, 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 we're not even going to put it up for a vote. Uh, sometimes it's because it's a licensed thing where it's like somebody proposes a license set that they don't have a relationship for, and they don't think that they could acquire it. Like the firehouse. Uh, yes. Yeah, the Ghostbuster fire. firehouse. Yeah. Well, and that specifically because the, I believe the Ghostbuster building toy license lies with Playmobil. 100% with Playmobil. Right. And so they can't touch it. Like you can submit. Yeah. Cause they don't have those rights anymore is my understanding. Um, even though they did the, the dimension sets and stuff. Uh, there's a few other things like that where they're like, yeah, we'd love to, but we can't. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a piece count thing. Like they're like, I, we can't make that set economically. Like, you know, the, the parts you've included or whatever in your build are just, you know, or you're just, there's too much or whatever, but there's some amazing sets that have come out of the ideas program. So I feel like a little bit of what everybody just said here, including this blurb we got from Frank, and I'm sorry, I don't have the person he got it from. He didn't give me an attribution on that, but basically they're going to look at the mock community. They're going to look at what's buzzing in people's personal creations that are getting downloaded and built and everything. They're going to look at the parts and stuff that are getting ordered on the regular, and they're going to adjust their business to match. Why would they continue to let the secondary market supply big time collectors with giant buckets of, of bricks when they could potentially just cut out the middleman and just sell to them directly, which is something that people like myself have been saying for years i've been like why don't you have a better direct program where i can just order bricks i love your sets i will continue to buy your sets that's not going to change i'm going to buy your star wars stuff i'll buy some of your other stuff once in a while if it's the right price and it's real neat but i want to buy a gajillion tan and light gray and dark brown you know all those colors so that i can do something yeah. like build tatooine like i would love mandalorian I would love to build the scene from the end of episode three. I'm not going to spoil it because I know Philip hasn't seen it, but I would love to be able to build mm -hmm. that scene out. And I know there's lots of people who are going to do it, but it's not economical because unless I have something like BrickLink available. So I, I think they're going to look at that stuff. I think they're going to adjust their first party business, their primary source to try to feed some of that stuff. But I do think that they're going to slowly erode and chip away at mm -hmm. what is happening on on Brooklink. Now I what do was, think. Go ahead, Chris. I was, was going to ask, what's the price? Because I haven't ever really. I've I've been on Bricklink a couple times, like looking at the the mocks, but I haven't really looked at the the per per block price. Like, there's a lot of. I'm not saying that Lego.com has all of them, but Lego.com does support the ability to buy individual bricks, and they have for years. So I don't know what the price difference is. It's um, pretty significant. Is are so. Basically, it's, what like ten cents a brick in a lot of cases. And brick, on... Bricklink is a lot less than that generally. Okay, okay. 
So like your average building brick is it's like a 10 cents a brick minimum on on uh legos uh parts parts option the the first thing the first issue with legos parts option is that it's really limited they only have certain colors and certain pieces uh any specialty pieces are really hard to find on there for very long or like uh for example the solo film the um the mud trooper torsos were on there like all of a sudden for a while they had thousands of them and people were like what the heck it's like well yeah because that's that that movie sets undersold massively Mm. uh but Say, for example, like I was talking about, a two-by-four, like your basic brick, right. uh, your structural brick, um, those can be those are generally as low as like a penny a piece on okay. BrickLink. And so you can order thousands of them. Yeah. Okay. Compare, when you're talking about a, an order, you know, a multiplication of times 10 per brick, yeah, it's not economical comparatively. Uh, and then, of course, the um, the market for those weird parts, like parts that haven't been produced in many years because uh, mm-hmm. there was a big trim like 20-ish years ago there was a huge trim in the line where they got rid of a whole bunch of parts and then over the years they add a few parts but they take a few parts out of their their rotation so finding those obscure parts or those parts from older lines or those parts and colors that they don't produce anymore there's a bit of a market for that stuff like you'd be surprised and of course minifigs yeah uh you know classic well, no, yeah absolutely minifigs but i mean yeah. minifigs you can get on i mean yeah. minifigs that's any any secondary marketplace has got minifigs is one of the things you can find on ebay pretty reliably yeah. as an example um but i i guess like on bricklink because to me to make it economical then you're talking people that are picking up sets you know in bulk like garage sales you know maybe they, they maybe they're buying lots off ebay they're separating mm-hmm. bricks by color from different sets from different years from different decades yeah so, and so now i'm gonna buy ten thousand i've got i want i want you know a two by two I want a two by two tan brick and I'm going to order this lot of a thousand that this dude has for like 50 bucks. Right. Right. Or or whatever. And now I'm going to get 17 different shades of fucking tan. Uh, And I could go to, and I get like, I mean, I'm not, I I get there's still a draw, but I mean, to me, because there's, there's enough difference even between the, the shades of coloring in, you know, the 90 star Wars sets to today's star Wars sets. Well, yeah. You mix those sets up. It's it's noticeable. Bricklink you know? Bricklink is set up to accommodate all that because they have it, all of the different shades listed. Okay. Yeah, you you should know what you're ordering. If somebody mislists something, obviously that happens. That's not going to happen with your big time dealers, your dealers who are dealing with thousands of pieces. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess then I to me then what's if you're if you are if you are sorting your bricks out to that point. Where you're like, okay, so this is a this is a 1993 two x two tan brick out of this set. So this is a shade off from the 19 or from the 2000 two x two tan brick, and then you're selling them for a penny a pop. Like I don't understand where your money's coming from because there's a whole lot of opportunity cost that goes into. Sure. <laughs> like you need to reevaluate your business plan. I think it's probably in a lot of cases like that. It's mostly like what you were talking about, where people are getting mass lots. Mm-hmm. And if, so if you have, if you order like pallet, a couple pallets of a certain block of sets and you're piecing out 200 of the same set at the same time, yeah. then it's oh, efficient. Then, yeah. Cause then yeah. you just, well, the other thing is they don't, they're not going to count them individually. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna take because they they'll weigh them right yeah because yeah, by yeah. weight well well Bricklink has the the part inventory for each set already like you can just grab it so mm-hmm. they're gonna go in and be like I just 
I took a hundred of this set and automatically load a hundred times the full allotment of that set into their inventory. And then they're going to sort it out manually. They're going to, you know, oh, I got you and they're loaded uh, into the system. And so that, you know, people on the tail end of a particular part might get screwed if any of their numbers are off, but for the most part, that's going to be such a low error percentage. It's not going to be mm -hmm. a big deal. So then all I can really see what's happening is that when this goes sideways, the community is just going to go elsewhere and start something new. Somebody else is almost certainly going to step up. Uh, people are already yeah. talking about a site called Brick Owl. Uh, so I, I think somebody's going to pivot and try to, because the, the, again, the issue is no other platform, none of the, tr the conventional platforms that we think of for the secondary market, like eBay works for, for, for bricks. So that's what we're looking at. That's going to be the the paradigm. So we'll see how it all plays out. It's a really interesting thing. And a lot of people are calling the conflict of interest and they think it's a little shitty. Uh, some people are, you know, holding back and waiting to see how it all plays out. I don't see how it can improve, but, you know. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the general takeaway, yeah. the hot take. From even, uh, you know, last week I talked about Jang Bricks, a guy on YouTube that I really like. He tends to have a pretty positive outlook. He defends uh, Lego's choices on stuff pretty often. Uh, like, for example, in the Star Wars Lego fandom, people often criticize when they design sets to be kind of hokey play action features. And they're like, they're really cheesy and they're not close to the source material at all. And he kind of defends it. And he's like, ultimately we have to remember at least under a certain price point, Lego sets are toys and they're aimed at children and they're trying to make them entertaining for children. Uh, so stuff like that. So he's not, I wouldn't call him an apologist for Lego, but he's definitely not hypercritical. Like a lot of people are, and he's not just always calling doom, but he, even he said, he's like, I don't, I think this is a conflict of interest. I think this is not a good, it's likely going to not, business is going to be usual for a while and then it's going to change and it's probably not going to be for the best. So you're going to wake up this Christmas morning and not have break links available anymore. No, I don't know. Uh, Philip, do we, I want really, to propose a question to everybody here. We, really? Plus the listeners. Mm. Now look, one of the greatest comic book <laughs> characters that has hit the big screen, in my opinion, has been Hugh Jackman's beautiful display and playing of, of Logan, the, the Wolverine. And he has stated that he's done. And I, 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 I'm very happy that the last movie that he gets to go out on is the complete artistic masterpiece that is Logan. But with that said, the X-Men have now come back under the, the, the big mouse, and we, we know that this character is going to be recast, unfortunately. And those that's those are big claws to fill. I hate you so much. So I just propose to you three real quick. You know, we'll start with Charles. Charles, who could you foresee picking up the red and yellow orange cow and slicing his way into the future to play the Wolverine. Uh, not your suggestion, my friend. You are wrong, uh, sir. Melissa wrong. McCarthy. And, Melissa McCarthy. It's, it's not only me, but 51,000 no! people. 51,000 people have gone over and taken the five minutes of their precious time to sign a petition to say, yes, sir and Madam Disney. Yes, 
Paul, Fish, Fish, Foge, Fowl, Fum. Yes, sir. We need our Lord and Savior, Danny DeVito, to be the next Wolverine. Now, look, the gentleman who has started this beautiful petition, 51,000 people, by the way, has put out some beautiful points. Wolverine is 5'3", right? Hugh Jackman, I think he's like seven foot three. I don't know. Goddamn <laughs> actors. Are so- Danny DeVito is four ten, so you could just apple crate him like they do uh, uh, to d- d- Tom Cruise, and uh, oh, you know Lord. he would be right at that five three level. Also, um, because of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He he portrayed the wrestler, the trash man. So we know he's fully capable of fighting and he's always not afraid to get dirty when the job needs to get done. Now, if fighting and getting dirty and being under six feet tall uh, doesn't say the Wolverine to you. I oh my God, I, I just I see no other way of having this go through. It's, it's not always sunny on the helicarrier, man. Come on. It is. Be- I'm just so silly. And, and we'll put. We'll we'll have this in the show notes, but somebody has photoshopped Danny DeVito onto the body of Wolverine (laughs) and gave him claws. 51,000 people. We record this on November 27th, right before Thanksgiving, and there are 51,000 people, and it is climbing. It is climbing to 75,000. So if you want to get in there and have your voice heard, check out our show notes and get Danny DeVito, who certainly is not too old to play this role. (laughs) Back into the MCU. We, we barely get 50,000 people to listen. Man, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, do y'all have any takes, any hot or cold or pukey takes on, on this? So the one thing that I do appreciate about this fan art is it's it's actually, like, you can tell it's Danny DeVito because I'm so tired of seeing the Boss Logic projects on there like, ooh, check out this fan casting and Boss Logic's newest thing. And it's got, you know, some hype actor in, and this is all you can see is you know this right here, this to identify that it's whoever is the Chris, as the, as the titular hero. Chris, Kyle yeah. doesn't watch this. This is a podcast. podcast. No, that was for Kyle. That was for Kyle. <laughs> so essentially, what I was miming was everything that's visible underneath Batman's cowl. Um, it's it they're they're ludicrous to me every time they happen. They're they are the worst the worst possible evolution of the the fan casting that Wizard uh, Magazine used to do. Um, but boss logic does good work and he gets a lot of clout because of it and whether or not he actually, you know, has any say in the industry. I, I think it's pretty evident. I, sure. I mean, I, I still want my Glenn Danzig as Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you make him saber tooth. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Uh, with all seriousness, I mean, yeah, this is this is very funny, but I am nervous. I am nervous. Whoever has to step up and take this role, um, and, you know, it's it's not like it's being handed off like you did with Captain America to Falcon, you know. Well, it's not a mantle, you know. It's not. I mean, yeah, you've mm-hmm. got the whole Logan Laura thing, but it's not quite so simple if you're gonna if you're gonna continue to tell stories with Logan. Uh one of the best suggestions I've heard over the last couple of years was Taron Egerton. I'm, I don't yeah. know who that is. Uh, he uh, was Kingsman. the lead from the Kingsman movies. Why I don't know who he is. Eggsy. Uh, he's he's about, Rocket yeah. Man. He's he's he yeah. Elton from John, the Rocket right? Elton John. No, yeah, Elton John. Yeah, no, from El, 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 the Elton John movie. <laughs> 
Uh, he would be a solid fit because he, you know, we know he can do action. We know he can be kind of funny. I don't know that we've seen him be like gritty and grisly yet, but he did do that Robin Hood movie that nobody watched. Uh, it hasn't hit streaming yet. I'm just waiting. But yeah, I mean, uh, th- there's uh, it's it's tough, man. I think one of the biggest issues with casting Wolverine is the typical Hollywood leading man. They look for people who are taller, like because that's the traditional, more attractive person, right? Like is the, the taller guy with that perfect physique and the perfect face and everything. And with Wolverine, you want someone who technically you want somebody who's shorter, even though Hugh Jackman was not. <laughs> uh, you want somebody who's shorter. And, you know, it, it's it's a tough, tough combination. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But Danny DeVito would be hilarious if they yeah. if they did a one shot. The what if? Was like, what if? And, I, no, and then I just started slashing. Oh God! What if? Are you saying a what if series? Yes. Yeah. The what if series is coming to Disney no. Plus. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, I need a 15 minute funnier die Danny DeVito as Wolverine and just called it that. That's kind of like how we got uh uh shit. What's his name? Is Captain Planet? Um, oh yeah, um, Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle. Yeah, Cheadle is fucking Captain Planet. Was was perfect. That's all I need. I'm done. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous. But um, yeah, that that guy, the kid who played uh, Elton John. Um, yeah, I can see that. You know, he's got that squarish, ruggish, ruggish face that that could work pretty well. So we'll see. I think I've heard. Uh, oh, um, oh God, what's his butt? Harry Potter. David no. Yeah, Radcliffe. Radcliffe. I've heard his name thrown around a couple times. That'd be interesting. That's I like the only, Daniel Radcliffe. The only reason I, I like Daniel Radcliffe, but the only reason I say no is I don't think anybody can get over the Harry Potter thing. Mm. And this is his chance to break free from it. I suppose. <laughs> and break into another set of chains. Mm. He's yeah. been doing a lot of crazy films lately, though, where he's like a nut job. So maybe... Uh... <laughs> Maybe this uh, is the next logical step. Jen- Toby Maguire. Jensen no. Ackles. <laughs> No, Jensen Ackles all day. Oh yeah, if you do, if you do Toby, then that totally gets us that toe for gray saber tooth that everybody's been. Oh, and I just want to see Toby Maguire get beat up by Deadpool uh, verbally and physically when they do the crossover. (laughs) Oh, uh, we got something for the break, so let's hit the break. And uh, if you're on Patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel, you can sign up today. You can see the video, get the uned or yeah. The, it's edited for ads. You get the ad-free raw take on the audio as well. So go and check out patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel because I've got something to ask the guys in just a minute. Jesus, Phil. Jesus, Phil. There ain't no Jesus here. I pray for you, Phil. I'm going to uh, get my metachlorians all over his little <laughs> green ass. Jesus. All right, bring the show back here. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, man, you really need to catch those middle parts because it goes, it goes sideways in a very fun way, and uh, you learn some more horizontal shit. if you know what I mean. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. I was there. <laughs> what is what's uh? So we've been watching The Mandalorian, right? It's three episodes in. Uh, for everybody else but Phil, who who just watches the first episode twenty times, but. Uh, things going on and now we have some feminist points of view toxic fandom well okay star wars right it is toxic yeah. fandom and virtue signaling can we not just watch a show and go man that was cool 
No. No. All right. Answers. Thank you for answering. <laughs> Chris, help it's, us, Obi Wan Kenobi. It's a thing that's not allowed anymore. So, I'm just gonna. I shouldn't even give her. I shouldn't even give her the 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 free the free air. But um, change your name. Somebody, change your name. Somebody's uh, 15 minutes was up, and she needed to uh, she she needed to put another dime in the meter. And Anita Sarkeesian came in with her blistering review of the Mandalorian and the fact that there's not enough female characters in the show. Um, and I'm not sure which episode of the Mandalorian she watched. Yeah, the most badass character is the female. In episode uh, three, <laughs> no, she didn't want. <laughs> um, but uh, and this and this is the so what we're seeing here is kind of what I've talked about a couple times is that like we're getting a little too segmented in what we're we're looking for. Like representation is great, but just be, just representation is great. Representation is needed, um, but just because you don't see it every single time you turn on a television or a movie there at a certain point, you have to be able to separate yourself and just enjoy what's presented. And if you do that, you'll pick up on things like, Oh, Oh, there's a matriarchy where the Mandalorian. That's what concerned. I'm talking about. Yeah, no, 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 I got you. I got you. Okay. I, I know what you're, I've seen the show, Charles. I know what you're saying, but um, I don't know that I would say the most badass character. She hasn't proven how badass she is yet. Um, but I mean, she is the matriarch mm. of this badass commando unit. Right. Uh, uh, and she, and this show can get no credit for it from her. Um, because, and this is where the vir- virtue signaling comes in is because she, she, she she's got her niche that she attacks that she's known for attacking she just runs off with it and then she'll turn around on the back end and be like oh well my bad i missed it when her like her remarks were the only two females were what the ship and the uh what what's the name of the things that they write on the blurg the blurg yeah you know that's that's her position um just to shit on star wars so then you have the toxic fandom that comes out to meet her and meet her in battle and it doesn't help and really, like a, a majority of of the the toxic fandom that I saw her her mentioning, um, in a in in a few of the articles that I read, or that they linked, I, I shouldn't say that it was her that did it, because I'm sure there were death threats because people are stupid and they people can't are stupid. People. Um, but a lot of what they were highlighting was people were just like, "Are you dumb? Did you watch the show?" And I'm like, "Is that is that what we're calling toxic fandom now? Is somebody mm. saying are you fucking are you dumb?" So, I don't know. It's just. Uh, First of all, we're three episodes in. We're three episodes in. We already know Gina Carino's in it. We we already know Ming Na Win is in it. We just haven't gotten there yet. So yeah. I'm 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 on board. And again, like the 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 Mandalorians that we've been introduced to answer to a female. I, I don't know. Yep. I, I, I hold know. on. Did we see did we see the face of the person that they uh they answered? They to? don't take their helmets no, off. This is the way. Nope. Can't. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> yes. even, Doesn't though it, count. even though it clearly has a woman's voice and I mean, has she, a, she a only, shaped bodice, if you will. Yeah, I like, well, she only had the helmet on. The rest was just a bikini, so you knew that she was. <laughs> you know, I know there's a that, high so. pitch voice and tits too, guys. I mean, <laughs> it, you, until I see a face. I mean, uh, uh, this is somebody talking who has only seen episode one twice. So but, you know, um, but 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 there's other like. You, you, I almost want to be. I almost want to take the route of the, she has just gender assumed everybody on that show. Well, that just, too. just, just to play in her court. I think you nailed it when you led with that. Her fifteen was up, and she absolutely 
for lack of better words, brings out her soapbox specifically for this issue, knowing that she's going to kick the... Do not take my handle in vain. You're right. She brings out her movie pass company. And, (laughs) and, and, but I mean, she specifically kicks the the ant hill just to see the ants roll around and... Yeah, of course she does, because it gets her headlines. And then, you know, a bunch of dumb dicks on a podcast talk about her. Yeah, well, Uh, yeah. I, I have always held the position that Anita Sarkeesian is an attention seeker who is obsessed with her own celebrity above all else because her arguments are always so, so uninformed. So imagine it being 2019 and we live in a Star Wars fandom reality where the, the majority of people who bother to comment online just bitch endlessly about how Disney Star Wars is all about SJW bullshit and, you know, feminism uh, agenda and just liberal agenda and all of this stuff. Like, it's all diversity quota nonsense, blah, blah, blah. Imagine living in 2019 where, like, that is the chief criticism of The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and rogue one by association because i had a female lead that oh this is garbage and it's disney's just trying to cram their diversity down our throat and then to watch one episode of a star wars program and be like there's not enough women's where's all the women's like come on dude like the 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 hardcore douchebag corner of the fandom that complains the moment a female appears on screen and does anything meaningful are endlessly ranting about how bad Disney Star Wars is and you come in and you're like I checked I I went against my my quota you did not meet quota she audited one episode of the show and missed the fact as Chris said the fact that the leader of the Mandalorians in this enclave is a female that every one of these masked badasses answers to a woman. Now, Philip, I know you haven't seen episode three. There's a little bit of a dispute in that episode, and she squashes it without without violence or anything like that. She just speaks, and they respect it. So, Anita, do your goddamn homework. I know you're not <laughs> a big fan of doing your homework, because she, she, when the Gamergate stuff went down and she attacked the games industry, she has some points. Yeah, the, the, like when you go look at the old God of War games, and you know, one yeah. of the, I think it's two opens up with a sex scene for Kratos that is completely egregious and unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, that might be part of the culture of the Greeks and everything. But the point was that didn't need to be in the game. It didn't contribute anything to the game narratively. So yeah, when you called that out, you had a point. And the industry has been adapting to to your argument for the last five or six years. We're seeing increased diversity. The fact that you're so dissatisfied that it's not there enough yet for you, that you watch one 40-minute episode of a new program and attack the director. I'm sorry, not director, because he didn't direct the first episode, but attack Jon Favreau. Mm -hmm. Attack him and, and accuse him of not including enough women in the production. We... Chris, you just mentioned Gina Carano, who is a female mixed martial artist of renown, 
is going to be on this show. She's by all the trailers, she's going to play a badass. Ming Na Wen, who has played a badass on Agents of Shield mm-hmm. and is a feminist icon because she was Mulan, the voice of Mulan, and has been a strong voice for women in Hollywood and in action and everything and sci-fi. Uh, she's going to be in it as well. Uh, director on episode three was a female. I mean, <laughs> director, yeah, director on episode three was a female. <laughs> the female that's going to run one of the shows. If I if I'm not misunderstanding, I believe she's running uh, Obi Wan. I think Obi Wan, right? the Obi Wan yeah. show. You have got to be kidding me! You didn't do any. You just hot taked on the Twitter and then acted assaulted the next day. Oh, I had over two point seven thousand comments that told me to shut up. Maybe you deserved some of them. Like I'm not supporting the the douchebags who anybody who tells her to go kill herself or shut up you're just a dumb woman or anything like that no it's you're not wrong anita because you're a woman you're wrong because you are out of your depth like you didn't do any of the research or homework or pay attention to any of the details and you're just you're you're on the wrong side of this like you you did a hot take and you did everything that you accuse men of doing all the time you know the whole just the mansplaining thing and all that stuff you 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 feminist plan explained this whole thing it's it's infuriating to me for someone like that who has a platform like she does mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, we, Fem-splain. We, Fem-splain. We, we got a, a a hot take from our good friend lep on this you're wrong paul that's the end of it <laughs> <laughs> no i love ellie i'd love to actually it, it, it hear what she had to say i just Knowing, knowing how she is about uh, uh, feminism and, and that stuff, it just, I thought it'd be funny. I apologize because I know she's going to listen to this and come punch me in my nuts. and It's going to hurt. Gonna, it's going to hurt a lot. This. Come on. So, uh, but yeah, it's, and that, well, that's the thing. So when we watched the first episode, there was this badass blacksmith, right, who's female, and she's telling some story. Awesome. And the second episode, he comes back. And you start to get more of a feel of, oh, he's reporting to her. But that mm-hmm. third episode when that thing happened, that's when you know, no, no, no. This is a matriarchy as she is the boss, period. You know, and it's it's it was really good. Um, she has spoken. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My <laughs> wife likes that, too. She's like, I will start saying that now. I'm like, God damn it. Well, no. That's the only meme that my wife sends me. I have spoken. <laughs> it's a great, great conversation. Oh, in there. Uh, it this is. is the way. Uh, uh, so the, there, there's a little tag on to this, though, uh, that was linked in the article here we have here. There's a um, a female Star Wars fan who I think she has a bit of a platform called uh, That Star Wars Girl, 77. And she's like, I'm extremely tired of your blatant sexism. No one cares about your obsession with women. There's a concept called quality versus quantity. Learn it. Nice. Uh, it's, that, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that's, 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 I think that's why I was so triggered on this is because she is, she is trying to take away from, again, my opinion, but the best Star Wars since Empire. And she's trying to take away from it. And, ah! Ah, like me, no. I have been so dissatisfied with Star Wars lately, and I'm finally so much more than satisfied. And she just yeah. wants to, to 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 pick at it and incorrectly, and just ah. I the other thing is like 
Sarkeesian went on to say that like the franchise has traditionally like marginalized women. I'm like <laughs> Leia Organa is a badass female set you know she's mm-hmm. not the main character because that's luke but she's one of the the big the three the trio the you know the your trinity if you will mm-hmm. which is a star wars trope it, she was she was never a damsel in distress like it, it was the setup that she was a damsel in distress in the original trilogy but she was a badass from the moment they opened that cell door <laughs> and she fought alongside them the whole time and kicked ass. I mean, having just freshly rewatched the original trilogy, she whoops some ass, man. You know, she she's running around the universe with a blaster. She blasts a whole bunch of stormtroopers on Endor, you know, the, the moon of Endor. She's just a monster. Like, she, you know, she rides around on the speeder bike and everything. This is not a soft character. This is not a character who is like, oh, I'm just the eye candy. And, and the whole bikini thing that is like, obviously like a big feminist uh point of contention quite frankly that was the setup for her choking the shit out of her oppressor Mm -hmm. which is arguably one of the most feminist things that's been done in sci-fi like yeah they put her in a shiny metal bikini but not 20 minutes later she's murdering the fuck out of this giant slug man that is oppressing her so like this franchise does not have a history of marginalizing women especially not with the new disney stuff it like the 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 incels of the world are arguing that there's too many whammons in the new (laughs) star wars and it's like uh i just mm, i'm done i'm done i'm tapping out i I got a quick question um does whatever she spew out change anything in the world nope I would like to. Th- I I would think that she's had some impact on the games industry because she's been the po- the high profile figurehead of like a movement. Sure, but of, she of, she of, individually is not causing that change necessarily. But I I understand Gamergate. But is does what she say about Star Wars affect anything in the way that Star Wars is being made in the way that Star Wars is being perceived? And in the way that you reflect on Star Wars. So if she's able to gain any kind of traction from it, yeah, I could see it changing, you know, because then that's then then it's at, in the production in the production. They're like, OK, well, fuck, here's here's yet another block that we not only do we have to make sure we check, we have to double double check. I mean, yeah, you she know, really like gets inside it, somebody's head. Yeah, it's, yeah it, but she's and then they're actually wrong, though. Right. Absolutely. But that's. I, I mean, there's she there's, she wasn't she wasn't factually wrong it's though. It's been in on the, the news for weeks about this guy that is factually wrong and everything that he says. No, 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 no. We don't get political here, Christopher. I'm not getting political, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> I just it it doesn't matter at this point if you're factually wrong. It's I wish it did. I I long for those days, but I wish it it I I it could it could. Do I see it happening now because of her and because of the reaction she's gotten from, let's call it the middle of the fandom? No, she's not going to make a change, but she's got enough people that do believe in her that have deep pockets. Hmm. So I just hear Michael Jackson, uh, Man in the Mirror right now. Just tu- <laughs> I'm tuning everything else out. I'm just listening to that it's, in my head. Now, now, while we are on the subject of Star Wars, uh, with the kids home today, uh, we introduced the daughter to A New Hope. 
Um, so I'm going. Oh. I'm going release schedule. It's a little um, late. Uh, well, she just wouldn't. How sit old is she? She's four. That's so a little late. She she wouldn't really sit through and pay attention. She's like she's act, actually paying attention right now. Huh. Um, but I will tell you that I am not at all pleased with the cut that Disney chose to do. And not not be not because of the changes. Like I would have been upset had this movie been released because when you start getting that 4K quality, and I don't have a 4K television, but the quality, the additional film quality and the amount of detail that is now shown, Darth Vader and many times the stormtroopers, their costuming doesn't even look like high end cosplay. Like you see all of the you see all of it. Oh, it's so my my television is is like nine years old at this point and mm. i the, the detail like vader was by far the worst um but the stormtroopers like when there's close up on stormtrooper armor you can see where there's just like matt bondo on a scratch where the you scratches it, and the dings in it these, they scratched out the word pvc on it so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah yeah it's 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 rough and i i wasn't ready for that i <laughs> noticed i actually noticed that too chris because i noticed uh vader's helmet is not very precisely tooled Mm -mm. and like there's all these little character marks and stuff and i was like oh that's really weird i never oh never saw that before oh no jen so i don't i don't need the 4k resolution of the original trilogy please just put that back put that in the (laughs) vault and give me something else (laughs) just give us the goddamn well if you you bitch loud enough i mean they're changing the the ratio for the simpsons uh to the original uh ratio so uh (laughs) you know if you go over to uh change.org and and fill out that danny devito thing you can then start your (laughs) own start start your own about getting the 4k uh downgraded to 40 what was it 480 420 yeah i think it's 420 that sounds right that sounds right (laughs) that sounds very accurate oh man um so i got one last thing i want to throw out here uh we talked about different things that we should bring to patreon and i wanted to give people a taste of it because this is something i wanted to bring to you guys i didn't know how to do it then after we talked about stuff we can bring personal stories and adventures uh for people to support us and listen to the show that i want to talk about my adventures of course uh, a while back i got on to i'm always looking for a new way to game right new way to especially incorporate the family into gaming and i'd gone with humble bundle for a while just for streaming purposes and that didn't quite work uh we talked about it on the show a little while back and i heard it on other shows as well including a uh, uh switchcraft i think it was they mentioned it possibly with bill that uh you know xbox came out with his own gaming pass and they came up with the ultimate gaming pass and originally, I was trying to get on with Bromigos and play uh, Sea of Thieves. So I did the $1 three-month thing for the Game Pass, right? So I could get Sea of Thieves. Well, before that expired, now I always had bought my online access with Xbox uh, wherever I could find it cheapest and just put the code in. and had, So I had time on my account. Well, when they came out with Ultimate Game Pass, which puts Xbox Gold and Game Pass together, and I crunched the numbers and said, even if I pay for month, per month, by the time I paid for everything together, I'm out maybe $20 for the year extra. So I'm like, done. $1 got me that through January of 2021, or 2020, rather. Uh, so I've had free Xbox Pass for a while, and that's worked out great. I'm playing Gears 5 uh, with Oakland because he's on the Xbox One. I'm in here on the PC. Uh, I'm actually just downloaded and started playing tonight the Outer Worlds 
brand new. So definitely streaming. Uh, it's not streaming, though. It's absolutely not streaming gaming. You have to download it, so you have to make efforts to go in there. But it's cool. There's a great library to play. And for now, it's cheap as shit to do. And I've been holding off. Uh, PlayStation came out with a deal that is like six ninety nine a month or something like that for their PS Now. And I wanted to report to everybody that I got it. Cause I've been waiting for this week, for Thanksgiving week, to do that. And, of course, we got the Switch, which you know the kids kind of play some. Aaron and I play more than anything else. And I can't really find a good thing to bring kids together on to play games. And I went to pull the trigger on the PS Now. Well, it turns out that PS Plus had expired two days before. No warning. No, hey, dude, your your stuff's going to run out. Why don't you give us more money? Nothing. So I log in. And I did a quick research. Well, PS Now is streaming, and it's just like the Game Pass for Xbox, where you got a ton of games. Not everything. Some stuff comes on and off, like any other streaming service. But you do not have to have the online, the PS Plus, to play PS Now. So I'm like sixty bucks. Fuck it. I'll throw down a year of PS Now right now because I was going to pay for the Plus, but this will let me play. Any game I want, and within a minute or less, you pick the game, you jump in, it loads, you start playing. And my daughter, Crosby's playing. She loves the story horror survival games. Uh, Rylan and Zoe being the youngest, they love the Lego games. I've gotten Aaron some of her puzzle games. Uh, I don't know if Oakland's touched it at all, but I jumped right into God of War. <laughs> and here's the other thing with that. You can download some of the games, so it makes it faster. Because there was a few glitches with one of the Lego games that locked up or whatever, and we had to start or you know reset it and start over. But you can download some of the games. There's a little downside, though. If you don't have PlayStation Plus, you can't keep the save game. It's an interesting thing. It's weird because uh, it's all in the cloud, right? So PS now is all in the cloud storage. And I fired up the new God of War. And then realized, I really enjoyed the story, and I played all the games up to this point. Let me go look up where I left off on 3 and see what games I need to play into 4, or into uh, the new God of War to catch the story. Well, that God of War is going off January 1st. It's not going to be on the service anymore. That's the only God of War that's not going to be on the service so far. Uh, but it said, if you have a PS Plus account, so another $60, right, that you can transfer the save over to that so if you've downloaded it you can still play it i'm a little confused on how that works but that's 120 bucks not gonna do it i'd rather just go start over buy it yes yeah, it's, it's a playstation hits game so that's what 20 dollars is that what hits well, go for i now? mean with, with black friday god of war is almost certainly going to be heavily discounted this exactly year. so i'm just going to go pick that I, up that I, way so that's a cons that's a that's a playstation exclusive it is why the hell would they take it off their service? That I doesn't don't know. make any sense. But it said 30, well, at the time I loaded it up, it was 31 days, but it's basically January 1st that it'll be that's, leaving the service. That's crazy nonsense, man. Now, here's some more crazy nonsense. Now, granted, I've loved it. You know, being able to fire up the game, play stuff. I played with Zoe. I played with Ryland uh, on the Xbox stuff. I'm playing with Oakland. I played with everybody in the family. It's been a great gaming week so far with all this. And Disney Plus, you know, we're watching shows and stuff. It's been great media stuff. PS Plus, right? You get two free games a month, right, Paul? Yeah. You don't. You fucking don't. You are paying that fee to rent that shit. 100%. Yeah. Because the well, second... Well, yeah, because when, when it runs out, you can't play them anymore. You can't play them anymore. Like, wait, 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 wait. 
on Xbox Honestly, it doesn't do that. On Xbox, my free games are my free games. They're mine. You gave them mine, to me. Uh, mine just ran out, and I'm not going to renew. Yeah, I didn't know that it was it was you're renting it. I didn't know they made their games beer, man. You just passing it on through and pissing it out in the end. <laughs> what the hell? I was really pissed because Crosby wanted to play uh, what what became of Edith, what remains of Edith Finch, which is an amazing game. I'm like, yeah, I own it. It's one of the games they gave me. No, no, it's not. You you it has a nice little plus symbol on it now. What the fuck, Sony? <laughs> so. Uh, you make your choices. You play how you want to play. You can uh, play multiplayer through the now. So let's say we all wanted to play a game together on PlayStation or something. I mean, it won't work because not all of us have PlayStation whatever. We could play it. If you owned it and had the PS Plus instead so you could play online, I could also play with you as long as it's on PS Now. But overall, I, give it, I think it's a much better service than PS Plus because discounts are for, for – I mean, paying for a discount is retarded. It just is. It's dumb. That, oh, you get 10% off in the store. What, I'm paying you to give you more money? Fuck off, man. And I thought I got those games, and you don't. And that that broke my heart, man. I was like, damn it. So, But that's my, my two cents on, on streaming and gaming for the holidays. Uh, the streaming part, I have decent internet. I've got 200 down and, and 20 up. So the streaming part has been really smooth. And then a few hiccups here and there. And it's brought the family together to play a fuck ton of different games. Well, to that point, since we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving here in the United States, uh, all the fall sales are on with the various uh, uh, e-shops and whatnot. Uh, I know Steam has their big fall sale going right now and has a ton of games super cheap. Uh, Humble Bundle has their fall sale going on as well. Uh, Humble Bundle has... Uh, the December monthly bundle is still up until December 6th, uh, so you can still get in there if you want Soul Calibur 6, Yakuza, Kiwami, and My Time Porsche, plus some games that haven't been revealed yet. But the big thing about the monthly, monthly's going away on Humble. It's being rebranded as Humble Choice with various tiers of subscription level that get you access to X amount of games you get to choose every month from a list uh, the people who have Humble Monthly now, if you keep it and it persists through to when the change happens next month, you will be able to pick, I think it was up to ten, nine or ten games from the list that you keep, that That's, you get codes for. It's about what they drop on these bundle, right? Give or take. Right. But you're going to choose them rather than just be given a, a nice. group of them. Nice. Uh, the big thing here is, though, you'll be locked in at that price point, that $12 plus tax a month. Uh, if you let it lapse, if you cancel or you just you you stop renewing, uh, it that price point will go away because it's like a fifteen dollar tier that you're getting for that twelve dollar price as a thank you for being a prior monthly sub. Uh, but you can continue to pause months that you're not interested. So like even this month, like if you have an active subscription and you didn't want this month, you have like a day to pause it. But you can pause and maintain your subscription without having to pay each month. So do the reading on that. If you're a humble monthly person, look into it. Or this will be your last chance to jump in before the change. Uh, but the big thing is for Switch owners, the eShop sale is up and the prices are actually pretty good this year. Yeah. 
I gotta tell you, he grabbed the switch. Phil grabbed the switch right away. Uh, I've I've plugged Deku Deals before, which is a site that'll yeah. track. Uh, you can tag the games you want to keep track of, and it'll email you when there's big price drops. I got a whole bunch of email dumps from them in the last couple of days. There are some deep, deep discounts. One of the big ones that stood out to me was the DLC for Mario Plus Rabbids that I always complained about it always being full price at twenty bucks and never gets discounted. It's actually 50% off right now, so I might be grabbing that for Rabbids. Oh, yeah, the Donkey Kong stuff is awesome. Yeah, uh, so there's uh, DLC is getting discounted. There's all kinds of great titles. Some discounts are better than others. That's the the name of the game. But, you know, if you're looking to load up for your holiday season or maybe if you're uh, some parents who picked up a Switch or something for your kids for the holiday, if you want to... If you want to do the smart thing that every person who buys a console for their kids should do, where you charge the thing up and make sure there's a couple of things to play on it on day one, uh-huh. go shopping now because you're going to save some dough. So uh, this is the time. And most of the sales are running through the first couple of days of December. So you've got a week or so, give or take, uh, to kind of you know do your homework and figure out exactly what you want to snack. So it's a wonderful time to be a gamer. This is the time of year where you get to grab some of that stuff you've been like, Eh, about or just waiting you know i'll tell you basically I, set money on fire yeah i felt like oh humble winter sauce i don't have money for it man um i am on the hunt for a great i mean a great deal of luigi's mansion 3 because it just dropped so it's yeah, gonna you're stay not, you're really not gonna high. get it uh, you're I, not gonna get it you you want it you want a great deal on luigi's mansion you go to Walmart and pick it up for ten dollars cheaper than everywhere else. Yep. Or you know, just maybe some loving, loving uh, listeners will will send it to us. Fuck <laughs> that! You just what? What? You Phil? just co- you guys have just cost me fifteen dollars. Oh, uh, what'd you buy? <laughs> what'd you buy? Uh, I bought two games off of the eShop for the Switch that I've been holding on to for a while. Um, I bought Old School Musical, which is a retro. Like uh, it's a retro eight bit game that is done in the style of uh, Rock Band, so it's a rhythm music game, mm-hmm. um, but it's an RPG as well. And then Y two K, a post modern RPG, is a it's a RPG Japanese style RPG set in the nineties, preparing yourself for Y two K. It's oh, been no. in my uh, my wish list since it dropped about a year ago and this is the first time it's ever been on sale so there you go <sighs> and i also have a cart full on steam that i'm like hovering on <laughs> you got you gotta get out and get that side hustle man use some of that bro amigos cash Oh, that's what this is for. It's for my goddamn side hustle. It's like I'm paying my drug addiction by using drugs on the internet and having people pay me to do it. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, uh, So, Chris, you want to look at the Nerf sales so you can shoot your kids because, you know, you're just like yes, yeah, sales. Uh-huh. Your eyes are glassing over. I get just no, certain I'm, I'm nerve. On, I'm on deck. I'm on deck deals right now, looking at stuff because we're getting a switch for Christmas. So. Wow, nice. Boy, nice. Um, <laughs> they don't listen to the show. Yeah. They just appreciate the time that I'm in the basement. I was going to say, but they, they are in the house, and it's Christmas time. Like, come on, man. You're telling me Ben's not like. Mm. He, the, the radar ears are like boop, 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 boop. yeah he's he's sick with shitting himself tonight so uh, I'm worried about him. Cool. <laughs> hey <laughs> our, our sons are twinsies <laughs> uh paul where can they find you on the web 
you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at SoapboxGSTU. You can also find me on my new show with Nicole, Crash Test Pilots, where we watch the first episode of television programs. Uh, we did The Mandalorian last week. This week we did Seventh Heaven, which was kind of hilariously bad but also like endearing and okay uh but we're going to be changing it up we're going to stop doing so many teen dramas and do some more interesting stuff in the near future so we're going to be we're actually coming up on wrapping up our first season of uh 13 or 14 episodes so you know we'll be probably doing that right around the end of the year so we're excited nope are you going to end with uh 13th episode being 13 reasons why no no I'm just okay. going to end my life that way. Uh, oh, oh. Terms of service. Terms of service. <laughs> For podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, where they can find you? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't like doing this. <laughs> In all, all things wisdom. wisdom. On Twitter. <laughs> At Chris. On Twitter, wisdom. on the Instagrams, on the, on the, uh, the, the, the TikToks and the, the, all the other nit- you're the not other- on tiktok hold on hold on time out this 48 year old dude is so obsessed with tiktok and he <laughs> sends me private messages no about shit. it all the time <laughs> god damn it i hate you uh, he was deployed for vine's death so <laughs> gotta make up for lost yeah. time uh, there's so much up. good stuff out there um and then on the facebook and you can find me on the uh, breaking the panel facebook page and of course every week on this show and occasionally you'll find me in Australia on their show. That's I'll true. say it. I mean, uh, if if you're not, you got to be following the Facebook Breaking the Panel page because Christopher is not only fucking posting wonderful articles, he is setting these wonderful conversation pieces off. And the community there yeah. has been lit. Thank you. Sorry to compliment you. <laughs> Learn to take a compliment, you cocksucker. Nobody knew where to go after that. Uh, <laughs> Phil, where can they find you besides Imaginary Nomad dead? on Snapchat and on Twitch? It's the only two places that I will now talk to you. Uh, we just finished Outlast 2 last night on the Twitch page. And it left me visibly shook on camera where I could not talk for the last 40 minutes of the game. It sucked. I hated it. It is over. And I felt terrible and had a terrible night's sleep because of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's the best. I was visibly fucked. I was really like. "Uh, No. Um, So um, instead of you know, doing the same thing and going to a, a new fuzzy game. I promised Layers of Fear last night. I think we're going to switch it up and I'm going to go uh, Call of Cthulhu. Ooh. Um, I bought Call of Cthulhu about a year ago this time uh, last year and I am uh, I'm downloading it right now. So that's probably where we're going to go. So check that out over at twitch.tv slash Nomad and every Sunday night at GSTU Media. Uh, Twitch.tv slash GSU Media for the three bro amigos of the stream Apocalypto. And every Monday night at 8 p.m., same channel, Twitch.tv slash GSU Media for Booze and Borderlands as me and Charles McFall fumble our way through my computer crashes <laughs> as we try to play Borderlands 3. But no, every time that it crashes, we, we get into our side podcast and answer your questions live in chat. Oh, and I've learned things about Phil that I don't think I've ever wanted to oh, learn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, 
We definitely, it's like a, uh, being king napped together. We learn I'll things about each other. I'll never look at a bag the same way again. Oh, you shouldn't, <laughs> oh. especially not those king size, family size. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm rock out of podcasting all across social media, including Mixer now. I, I tested it out tonight. Apparently, it didn't like some settings at Twitch. was just like, yeah, we're fine with your settings, man. I don't know why the fuck you're going over to that horror mixer, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, I, I was like, you know what? I'll try a little solo streaming, playing thing. So, uh, yeah, I may or may not stick out over there. Uh, but it is Rock Gotta Podcasting on Mixer if you want to find that. Uh, yeah, man, breaking the panel. We got Pokemon Go. We got all kind of great things. So check out gstu.net for all the awesome shows that all of us do and more and you know what we got a star wars panel coming up if you've listened to the sounds of our voices for however long you may have listened to us and you might consider wanting to be on the panel can't promise you anything uh you can email us at uh that'd be helpful if i had that btp at giantsizeteamup.com or guest at giantsizeteamup.com and we'll put you on the list for consideration. And don't just say, hey, I want to be on the panel. Because then we're just like, okay, who are you and why? Tell us, bring a little something to the table. Tell us why maybe you want to be on the panel. And, and Maybe uh, uh, maybe you should speak pipe in a little sample of you talking about it. There you go. I, you know what? I forget about the speak pipe. Thanks, Paul. I do forget we have that. So that, that uh, yeah, on uh, giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel, there is a speak pipe tab. You can go and leave your voicemail and uh, let us know what's going on. Uh, Until next time, hear Chris say, Thrawn! More Thrawn! (laughs) Why are you (laughs) Oh my god, the video! (laughs) 